away, don't do that. You don't want your DNA in here, man. I'll clean it up later. Just like the rest of this fucking mess. Excuse me? You say that like it's my fault. Listen, just so we're perfectly clear, I just had to kill my own brother because you guys keep getting beat up by some girl. I had to stab my brother more than once. You were supposed to do that. For all the good you guys did in here, you could have stayed outside with your fucking crossbows. You want to talk about brothers? That's my brother laying dead right there. And unlike you, I liked my brother. Look, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. I mean, I, I knew you guys served together. I didn't know you were related, though. And she really fucked him up good, huh? I'm just trying to think of reasons why I should kill you. I'll, I'll pay you more. Do you kill me? You get nothing. You pull us off, I'll give you 400,000. Okay? I was supposed to give you two, right? But you should have your brother share. That's, that's only fair. Plus, I'll throw in an extra hundred each if we can finish this. Okay? That's, that's half a million for you. 300,000 for you. Look at that. I, I won't, I won't be able to pay you until my inheritance comes through, but I'll, I'll have it soon. We just need to finish this. We did make it this far, man. You two better be getting enough money to pay us. Would I be doing this if I wasn't? Podcast is officially in session. We are on year number two, working towards the second year of full programming. This is a show about film and movies. I am Michael Govier. I'm one of the three hosts, along with the other hosts. They are Travis Roy and Eric Brancher. I live in Livonia, Michigan. I won't give you my exact address, but I live in the Metro Detroit area. Travis, you also live in the Metro Detroit area, right on the border of Detroit. How does it feel? Correct. I, I am in Hazel Park, Michigan. My social security number is eight nine. No. Are you wearing a Jewish shirt there? What's going on there? You got some I'm Hebrew sorry? in there? 
Uh, what is that letter? Japanese, my friend. Sure. Wow. That is I Japanese. Tell you. That is not Hebrew. Hebrew? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm going to go compare Hebrew and Japanese right now and see if they kind of right. look similar. Have a, go good, have a good time. We're going to have a podcast. This Thank is, you. Uh, I'm sporting my brother's shirt. My brother uh, is a designer for Rocket League, the video game. So he gave us these shirts and took my Rocket League shirt. Very nice. He deserves a round of applause. Yeah. He I want to shout that's him out. That's a big time show. video game. That's one of the biggest video games ever. He's a big time guy. He is. That was Griffith, Indiana. <laughs> Do we concur? Do you agree with us, Eric, in Griffith, Indiana? Uh, I haven't played a video game in literally like four years. And I used to play them every day. Like, what the fuck? Seriously. It's just over. It's over now. Like, I I, I don't even really, really want to that much. It's just over. Hey, Amanda, Hi, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. I actually, Amanda, I want to say hello. And I conversed with you on Facebook last week. And it turns out she's a big fan of the show. So we thank you for your support, Amanda, so much. And we're going to probably have her on the first date pod maybe in a couple weeks or a month okay. or so. She'll, Yeah, she has a lot to offer. So, Amanda, thank you for your support of the show. Heartland, B-I-C-T-O-R-Y. That's our Heartland battle cry. Huh. Go Eagles. Go. Hey, Eagles. Uh. Hey, Eagles. Uh. If only people could know the irony of us doing that when what we were really doing at the assemblies was just so the opposite. <laughs> but people, we can't really retell Ooh. that tale. Uh, at any yes. rate... Eric, four years since a video game. That's shocking. After my PlayStation 3 fell off uh, like my cabinet and broke, it's been oh, over. I, I yeah. can't purchase another system. I'm with you, man. I, I, I play a game like this Marvel game on my phone. I have for oh, like, yeah, a while. Oh, yeah, you do. I was just yeah, going to say I, that. <laughs> yeah, I, I have for like a while. But other than that, other than phone games, I mean, I haven't owned a system since Nintendo 64. Wow. That was a while ago. Yeah, yes. shit, you not. Yeah, well, I take that back. I, I was gifted an Xbox One, and I plugged it in and like played uh, like Arkham Asylum once, and went, "Wow, that's cool!" And then never, <laughs> never played it again, not a, not a single time. Wow! <laughs> literally, literally, just played it one time. That makes you sound like you're so well Old? off. You're not well. You're not that well off where he could completely dismiss an Xbox One. But it was just. Fun. It was. It was just. It, it was just like gifted to me. It just fell into my lap. I'm like, I don't. I don't want this. I don't. I have no use for this thing. I, I, I didn't I didn't know what to do with it. I understand. I respect yeah. you. Amanda, thanks for your support of the show. I hope you like video games because she says you will play video games again when your kidlet is older, Eric. That's probably very true. Uh, when she gets into her prime, she'll start playing those games. In fact, you should start grooming her now to be a professional gamer. She could make millions of dollars. Yeah, by like the time she grows up, there'll be like a game where like she creates a new dad and like I have to like like just like go somewhere else because there's like a virtual father there or something. Who the fuck knows? Grooming the new raising. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gro grooming on PlayStation Twenty. It's called grooming. Yeah. Grooming. Grooming's a yeah. That's not a great word. Grooming Twenty. It has connotations. At any rate, uh, this is Cinema Nine Podcast. Of course, Cinema Nine Pod at ProtonMail.com. Who's going to be the first one to send us an email in year two? It's anybody's game right now. Come on, just don't even tempt them. <laughs> is it proton mail do people have something against proton mail i often oh yeah that. i have never heard of that outside of the context of this show in my entire life yeah, you you went with like fucking bozoville nowhere hits yeah. like proton packs is this like Ghostbusters yeah. mail like what is this no, I was, proton I was torpedoes email yeah, I was people trying to stay outside the system Michael. you know proton mail bucking this i thought we'd be cool if people, people trust respect us more People yeah, don't trust this. They, they trust hate the system. Yeah. Yes. Don't tread on me. Take my gun. Don't take my gun. Whatever. Clearly, we Russian saw that. In, uh, 
Bessemer, Alabama proved that. So you're right. Ah, what a world we live in. Anyways, we're going to talk about our main event, Travis Roy's first selection of the new year. It's your next. Our our new podcast year, for the record. Yes, I did. I I went with a horror movie because we hadn't done a horror movie in a while. And I knew I wanted to do a genre that we've kind of been avoiding. Um, I didn't know we were avoiding it. Well, I feel like we kind of have been. I mean, like, you're not really a fan. And then, like, you know, there's also the fact that, like, I mean, there's plenty of horror that has a lot to offer to it. But, I mean, Slasher in particular we've avoided probably because it has the least usually to assess. Uh, And that will be the case with your next to a degree. Absolutely. I mean, it's still a Slasher flick. Um, there's not ton of meat on the bone, pun intended. That's but, your point. Uh, but uh, you know, it's it's good to mix it up every now and then. And I and again, like, how was I going to follow first reformed? I mean, Space Jam. I don't know. <laughs> I've never actually seen Space Jam, so I have I not either. I have not either. Wow. I I don't know why I would. I was already 16 when it came out. Yeah. So I'm, I was past the cartoon was, stage, and even yep. though it had Michael Jordan in it, who gives a fuck? It was that rare, like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers at the same time. You talk to someone like that seems your age, and they're like, they love Space Jam and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and you're like, that's kid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon. Amateur Pogs. hour. I think we just missed Pogs, or, or were we Pogs, or did we just missed them? I think we were Pogs. Pogs? <laughs> we were definitely Voltron. Yeah, we were Pogs? Pogs are where you like flip the things by flipping up, pushing yeah, that thing, them. That thing? Yeah. Magic had, cards? Like, People had yeah, magic, magic cards. the Gathering? I feel like well, magic was I, cooler than pogs. I don't know why we're talking about things that we didn't do. Yeah, we didn't. I didn't do drugs. pogs or magic. Did, I bet one of you guys played drugs. magic. Oh, no, no I drugs, didn't play yes. magic. I didn't play magic. I played yeah, with drugs. If you had asked me, hey, Mike, do you think I played magic? At least one time. <laughs> one time. I would have said, yeah, probably one time. <laughs> I never even sat down a single time to play it. And I played some, I did some nerdy shit. You know, I, yeah. I did some role-playing games and like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and Robotech and some other stuff. But I never... Never dip my toe into that pond. Never touched a pog. <laughs> never uh, cast a spell. The pond, pog pond. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, well, we will get to your next as the main event of our Does It Hold Up, our signature segment, of course. But first, we got to get to quarantine viewing picks. Travis Roy, what do you want to recommend this week? Oh, man, I've watched so many movies. I'm on a sort of break because uh, it's Ramadan, so I'm on like a half, I'm on a half oh, break. Oh, really? How much um, longer until Ramadan ends? Uh, it goes on for like six weeks, roughly. So it's it's going. So you get on six weeks May. off. Uh, I got like a month of like half time, and then I got a couple weeks off, and so I've got wow. I've got some time, but I don't really, but I don't really, um, but I work through the summer for the most part too. I don't really get a summer break as a teacher at at, um, at the schools I work at. So it's you know it's uh, tit for tat. You know, would you rather uh, have it all at once or like this? I love my job and I'm happy to be working there. All right. Um, I'm going to continue to talk about film. Um, I lied last week, not so much to you guys, but to myself. I, I was like, I'm only going to see big movies in the theaters. And I got up the next morning and went and saw The Father, um, wow. <laughs> uh, which, you know, I sent you guys a meme that I made. And that's my review. Old Age is Hell, the movie. That's that. I mean, it's a well-made film, but man, it makes me want to die young. I, can I tell you something? I really did not investigate it at all, but I actually sat in my bed when I got that text that morning for a while. Well, it might have been afternoon, actually. <laughs> Anyways, was it real? I was like, is this a, is this the real title? Is this a joke? I wasn't <laughs> oh, clear. For, I wasn't for clarity, clear. I guess I might post it on the page, but I, I made a meme where I took the exact poster and like replaced the words The Father with Old Age is Hell, the movie, and I sent that to the two of them. <laughs> with Anthony Hopkins and on the I, cover. Apparently, I'm it confused like, <laughs> Used Michael. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that could. I didn't know for sure, but I was questioning things. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I also checked out Bill and Ted Face the Music finally. You know what? Fuck it, man. I was entertained. Oh, you know, yes! I mean, it was, right? what did you expect out of a thirty-year-old? Like, did you expect it to be as good or better than Bogus Journey? Because I Why sure not? didn't. Why? Why because not? it's been thirty fucking years. Because it's been so thirty what? years. So the magic's usually gone after three or four. That's that's so what. So if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, the fact that they could like have anything that that made me laugh more than once, entertain me, and emotionally affected me in some ways, it was stupid. It was fucking stupid. But it was a, it accomplished all those things, which isn't bad for a third in a series. 30 years after the the uh sequel yes yes thank you cue the jack nicholson gift from anger management absolutely <laughs> fantastic <laughs> um you know i've been watching all these friday the 13th movies and i uh and i went and watched a bunch of friday the 13th adjacent movies not I don't, not jason movies but adjacent movies AD. um because <laughs> i watched this movie from 2015 called the final girls which is basically like a it's like these kids, these girls, mostly girls, like go into a, it takes place now in the, or 2015. They accidentally go into a movie that, that's like a Friday the 13th movie, basically. And it would have been really cool if if this had been picked up by the franchise, because it's like there's some knockoff fr uh, Jason like in the movie instead, you know. But basically, it's like last action hero meets uh, Pleasantville slash, you know, uh, New Nightmare, only with the the. the um, with the Jason series, it was, it was pretty cool. So I kind of like, Oh, let's, you know, let's see what else I can kind of do. That's in the same uh, territory. So I, I checked out sleepaway camp. Finally, you know, that um, entertained me as hell entertained as hell. It was so funny. Yeah. I, Eric's making the face. I'm worried about the girl that played the lead, like into her adulthood. This was a young person playing this character. I'm genuinely worried that she may have been traumatized by the filming of this movie. Uh, it's a pretty fucking weird movie in so many ways. Um, and I also watched The Burning from 1981, which um, uh, if you wanted, if you ever wondered what Jason um, Alexander's head looked like with hair and what his ass looked like when he was about 20, he moons the camera. So you get some really early Jason Alexander. But it's like a, you know, it's like an early Jason movie or, you know, similar kind of kind of stuff. But it's all based on like this actual um, urban myth that comes out of new york of cropsy so i watched this documentary from 2009 called cropsy eric you're nodding have you seen it are you familiar yeah it was a really interesting documentary um like it kind of twists and turns you know you, you get pulled Shit. in thinking it's going to be like the jason thing and it's not quite that I, but like i don't because i don't really do a lot of like true crime stuff but it's a pretty interesting true crime documentary and like how that weaves into urban myth and that kind of stuff. So I, I would recommend Cropsy. That was pretty cool. Cropsy. Um, Cropsy. Yeah. You'd really like a doc. Uh, sorry, just a detour. No, no, yeah, Killer, go ahead. Killer Legends is a doc that's on Netflix. It touches on Cropsy and the whole Bellevue Hospital thing, but it also <laughs> throws in a couple of like lesser known like urban legends about that sort of thing. I think you'd like it. That's cool. Yeah. yeah if you're not familiar with the Cropsy urban legend, I mean, it feeds into American Horror Story. It feeds into uh, the Jason movies. It feeds into like a bunch of different um, horror cinema, which was kind of cool. I have Cropsy. never heard of Cropsy. I, I have never me, heard of it. <laughs> it makes me think of a uh, Mortal Kombat guy. Cropsy! <laughs> 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 Toasty, guy bro. Out of the corner, Toasty. Toasty. Video games. Oh, I checked, out the, uh, I checked out the cult classic, The Warriors from 1979. Oh, which I've never seen, seen it. I'd never seen it. You oh, know, I've been trying to check it. stuff. Yeah, I've never seen it. But, you know, I've been trying to watch stuff I've never seen. Well done. 
fucking great. I, it's you know, this is awesome. Some problematic stuff. Obviously, it's a 1979 film, but fuck me, dude. This is a this is an entertaining film. I mean, just like I was on the edge of my seat in a few places. It was, it, you know, not bad yes. for something. Yes. 41 years down the line, so you'll never get that first watch ever again. No, yeah, and it was a cool again. first watch. Ajax. Eric, you recommended uh, Unhinged on this show. I did. I did. I had a lot of fun with Unhinged. I had a lot of fun with it also, man. Like, on one hand, preposterous, and on the other hand, totally believable yeah. and terrifying. Like, fun. terrifying. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. And nonstop. Like, just like, if you want like a, a quick, dirty hour and a half, bang. Unhinged. It was, it was definitely worth seeing. Un yeah. Nonstop. Yeah. That was Chris Pine and Denzel Washington. Yeah. <laughs> Right? I'm not talking about. I've never seen that. <laughs> uh, I've never right. seen. Uh, I've never seen Mona Lisa from 1986, early Neil Jordan film. Um, this it was Academy Award nominated film, uh, including Bob Hoskins. He lost to uh, Paul Newman that year. But like this was like lauded with awards. This is the movie that Clark Peters was talking about recently. Uh, Clark Peters from The Wire and The Five Blood said that he played a, a pimp in a movie and he complained about it and he didn't and he wasn't given to work again in Hollywood for ten years. And this was the movie. <clears throat> um, it was it was pretty interesting though. It, it basically was crying game with one less dick. Um, <laughs> what so, was the title again? What was it's the title? called <laughs> Mona Lisa. It's literally like the same yeah. plot as as the crying game. Oh, a very similar plot to the crying game. Anyway. Neil Jordan. Okay, I'm a right. yeah. Neil Jordan. I'm interested. Right. Yeah, you you make one movie about African or well, she's not she's English. So you make you make one movie about a black prostitute, and I think okay, you make two movies mm -hmm. like in a row, but almost. Mm -hmm. Well, he did High Spirits between. But uh, you know, I start to think you got a thing. You got something going on here, buddy. And that's I'm not judging, but like it's obvious or something. No kink about. shaming. I, that's why I'm not judging. I'm here for exactly. it. Exactly. Kinky pinky. <laughs> All right. And to wrap it up, I got my two big recommendations. One <gasps> big surprise. One uh, that just floored me. The one that floored me was Swallow from 2020. Uh, it's on oh. Showtime right now. Um, this is a, an amazing film. Uh, it's about a newly pregnant woman in a kind of a constrictive life who develops pica where you like, you know, you eat you're compelled to like eat things like random like non-food items and mm. it's not it's not a horror movie but the face you're making mike you will make that movie that face through the movie it's a disturbing movie like there is more than one scene that's like fuck that's hard to watch mm. um but it was really brutally good and i i think one of the better movies i've seen from last year i mean like it's really really good so i'm going to strongly recommend swallow she kind of looks um, like Bryce Dallas Howard a little bit. Yeah, and honestly, I I could I could have seen her. Um, I think her name's Haley Bennett. Is that what, is that? Yep. I could have seen her nominated for best actress for this. Honestly, I've not wow. seen her in much, but I, but like it's a it's an incredible. I mean, it's really a, a hell of a performance. I, just, I mean, just there's so many reasons I would recommend Swallow. Also, if you're interested in um, uh, Denny Villeneuve's uh, Dune, the the cinematographer, this is what she did before that. This is her most recent work, uh, Swallow, and it is gorgeous this film is so gorgeous i mean it just you would not believe i mean it's gross but like at the same time it's just like beautifully shot so I'm production design gorgeous yeah I, i'm gonna strongly recommend swallow and my wow. last recommendation um <laughs> which was a big surprise and when you recommend something that was a surprise to me maybe it won't be a surprise when you watch it now i'm gonna raise your expectations but do you remember oh. hearing about do you remember hearing about a movie where it was Liam Neeson and yet another like you know hunt him down and kill him kind of movie where he was like a, a plow like a snow plow guy uh, and I'm and like it was called Cold Pursuit and I'm like oh good. fuck me like, <laughs> like at what point like do we just stop with Liam Neeson and right 
I Please. watched this movie and it was fucking really, really good. <laughs> oh, damn it. I mean, notes of Fargo and not yeah. just because of the cold. Um, like it's not like it's yes, it's 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 nice and kicking ass, but he's ancient. Like he's barely I mean he, in like it's like the limey kind of it reminded me of the limey hmm. because like yeah, he's kicking ass, but like it's mostly just like watch this old man storm around and just do whatever the fuck he wants because he's furious. Um but it was, but it was, but it was so funny, and not like in a, and not like in a, I'm laughing at this movie kind of way. Like there is a sense of humor to this film that just, it's. I mean, if you got like, it's like it's a black comedy, really. I mean, it's a revenge movie slash black comedy, and um, I mean, it, it's got some, you know, it's got some misfires. It's still got some misfires, but I'd recommend Cold Pursuit. It was pretty goddamn good. <laughs> wow. Well, that is a shocker, Al. No oh. doubt about it. Eric Brandstrom, <laughs> what's cooking over in Griffith, Indiana? You may not uh, be able to tell by my face, but I've been suffering from the flu for the past three days, called into work sick past two days. As we sit here, my body is shaking and I feel like I'm going to throw up. But I oh. did manage to squeeze in uh, some fine entertainment. Uh, what else are you going to do at, when you get sick? That's what, what else you are you going to do? Seriously, I'm closed off in the basement so I don't get anyone sick. You know, I'm, I'm on a dot kick. And HBO, when, now that I have HBO, I mean, Mike. HBO documentaries, you scroll pet, you can't, you, you have to consume these at, at, as much as you possible. I took a look at one that centers on um, Robert Maplethorpe, the kind of the avant-garde photographer from the 60s. Dot of and, yeah, it, it's an interesting he did watch. Other things also, he did other things too. But oh, yeah, he also yeah. was a very big advocate for the AIDS movement still. So good for you, Robert. Yeah, tremendous artist. Did pass away tragically, Mike, from, from AIDS. Uh, but you know. His work definitely, uh, it, it, it's topical, you know, is this art, is this not? Because we're dealing with straight, you know, uh, sadomasochistic images in some of his works and, and others just straight gorgeous uh, portraiture uh, and another. So back in this time period when you had the factory and Warhol and all of this, it was just no one was doing this sort of stuff. So I think he was a great artist, uh, innovator and just a beautiful soul. Uh, and a good and a good film based on the artist. Um, uh, I actually saw an exhibit of his at the, strangely enough, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No shit. Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. He did a lot of stuff with a lot of rock stars type people, yeah. musicians. So yeah, yeah, he was something. Rest in peace. Um, so I'll be gone in the dark is a six part documentary about the uh, Golden State Killer. Uh, but but it's more than that because Michelle McNamara, Pat Oswalt's uh, wife, God rest. Uh, just spent so many uh, years of hers just working on this case and working it, doggedly pursuing this killer as just a, uh, um, what do they call him? Kind of like an armchair. He's more than a like killer. a particular man. name for him. He's everything. Oh, he's a killer. A, he's a he used to be the rapist. East Side Rapist. He was every, it's That's so right. crazy. So That's crazy. right. But the, the movie is, uh, it, it centers and it's a great uh, um, procedural about how they tried to attempt to catch this guy. No spoilers. But it's really, also really a nice good. moving portrait about uh, this woman's uh, quest in her relationship with Patton, what that does to a family. Uh, I recommend it. It's a little lengthy. It's six parts at an hour each, but I, I recommend it on HBO. Uh, okay. Now for the fun stuff. Oh, boy. I, did, I wasn't going to lie, and uh, I'm a man of my word. I checked in with Trading Places. Hey! This movie is fucking so weird. Like, what is this plot? When's the last time <laughs> you guys saw this movie? Um, last uh, year. Two years ago. Yeah, about a couple years ago. Yeah, not that long. But, like, this plot is ridiculous. Like, these two old is. rich guys, like, bet 
make this yes. bet that like the these guys bet. are like I, I, I tell you this I was sick as hell and Dan Aykroyd had me chuckling so much that I was literally in pain and had to like stop the film like on several occasions his delivery he does not I'm telling you he doesn't get enough credit as a comedian he's fucking so funny in this movie the rest of it's one of his better films I think it's may, maybe his best comedic performance a lot of the movie for me no was way. just so no awkward and just so upbeat and weird. I couldn't get into it. That it didn't really start get going until like an hour in for me. And then there's like a half hour chunk where I'm really digging the like the how's uh, Billy Ray gonna deal with being rich and how is he gonna do this? Then there's like a half hour like about this like fucking like gorilla like what, what is this <laughs> gorilla yeah. having sex with Paul Gleason for like half hour? Yeah. It was the 80s. Someone got on or, cocaine and had an idea. There was so much coke on that set. Of course, John Landis. But, orange you know, juice stocks. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Orange juice, yeah, orange stock. juice stocks. Uh, it was supposed to be a uh, Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor movie. Um, really? I'm actually, you know, as, much, yeah, as much as I love those guys and their movies, I'm kind of glad it went the way that it did. It's, yeah, it's not what I expected at all. There's still curiosity in me. Okay, like weird. To see the other of course. Ones. But yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Stupid and, gorilla. And, like, I know they just kept cutting to this know, gorilla. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I, know, I know what you mean. It is when I watched it last time, which was about two years ago. It there's a lot of space in that movie. Surprisingly, yeah. amount of like just not yeah, a lot I mean, going on, and then just like a lot of looks. It, I thought they were get, they had so much potential to really make some some comments on society and how we treat the poor, and then it just devolves into this fucking train ride with this dumbass gorilla. I, I was like, what the hell is going on here? Uh, you, need but, to, you need to watch it as a kid. You're a little hung up on the gorilla. <laughs> Maybe. And, yeah, I'll, nostalgia I'll, I'll try to watch it as a kid. Yeah, go back and watch it when you're a child again. And then go back in time and use that effort to watch Freedom Places. Finally, I told you guys, 1981, I'm blown away. All right, this is day one of the flu. And I'm sitting here like, <laughs> this masterpiece. How did I not see this movie? I've been a Michael Mann fan for years. Oh. thought I knew everything about the, the, uh, the great writer-director. Thief! I, I, my short-term memory is fucking god-awful. I'm pretty sure, Luke, maybe you, Travis, somebody yeah, was no, just talking I've, about I've never seen it, but I've never Travis seen it. Travis doesn't Luke, love Michael Mann. Remember that. Luke has talked, talked it up on the show. Yeah, Luke is like, Luke is the like lover. tying off and injecting Michael Mann. Mm -hmm. It's so good. I, I'm not talking. It. I'm. You remember when I was talking up Heaven's Gate? I will yes. equally talk heat, Thief up. Oh, this fuck. Much. I guess I got to watch it's, Thief now or else you're never going to stop talking about it. I'll never stop. It's <laughs> so <laughs> good. The script is – the direction from the get-go is so – James Conn is so There's a gecko? awesome. No. Robert Prosky, <laughs> James Belushi. It's, it's, a, it's like a perfect movie. It's like one of the best – in fact, Roger Ebert said it's probably the most intelligent thriller he had ever seen back in 1981 when he reviewed it. It's a complete oh, I masterpiece. I thought you said 91 when you first started 81. talking. He said yeah, 81. 81. I was actually eyeing uh, The Keep the other day. I, I've been meaning to watch yeah. The Keep, which is what he did yeah. afterwards. So I was so yeah. uh, maybe I'll pause that. And oh, Tuesday Weld's in this and Willie Tuesday Nelson. Weld is fucking Willie, Willie Nelson's, Nelson's fucking Nelson. fantastic. Willie yeah. Nelson. Oh, and Jim Belushi, yeah. my favorite Jim pot Belushi. grower. <laughs> you have to see it, man. Get back to me. I'm begging you. Please see well, it. Well, if you got Travis over here and you got Luke over here, I'm probably in the middle of that. So I'm interested. I'm very much interested. I don't Travis. dislike Michael Mann. I, no, I, it's not I, true. You're right. That That is true. He, that is true. my favorite movie. I, obviously, I like Michael Mann. I, we've heard this spiel before. Right. I, I'm not going to spiel it again. But I'm just saying, don't, don't, don't put me in some anti-Mann camp. No, 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 no. That's, that's not anti was. I was just creating a spectrum oh. so I could find and, myself in the spectrum. I'm watching it. I want you to know yourself. Less than Luke. So, yeah. All right.
How am I not myself? He keeps going to this bar in the film. It turns out it takes place in Chicago. It's my favorite bar in Chicago. <laughs> That's so, awesome. The, yeah, the Green Mill. What, the gin place? The gin mill? It's like a jazz club, the Green Mill. It's I'm telling you this is a magic. The Green it's, Mill. It's just, as good. it's just as good, if not better, than Heat. I said it. Get the hell out of here, dude. Go away. Yeah, no one's going to... It would be possible. That's now, hyperbole. Yeah. That's classic yeah, Eric Branstrom hyperbole you just, right there. You just made it so I'm not going to like this movie. <laughs> I, just I was all it. ready to watch this movie and be like, oh, I'll, be, I'll give it a chance. And now you're going to make me compare it to Heat. And I'm going to be like, the whole time. Fuck, this is just deal, it like makes Wayne Grove look like that gorilla in Trading Places. I just said it. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you the pass. You've been sick, so maybe you're not thinking clearly. Oh, yeah, you got, yeah, you got a fever on the brain. I'm not well. <laughs> all right, Brand. That was great. Thanks, Eric. That was some... Very interesting movies you watch there. A lot of movies I can relate to. Travis always watches so many things I never see. So I'm like, oh man, I've never seen that. Oh, I've never seen that. I've never seen that. So I means I got to see watch a lot more of movies. movies. Yeah, you're right. I should. Uh, for the movies I did watch this week, it's a little bit of a slower week. I've uh, been trying to work on some other things, and you know, sometimes if you, I found myself trying to turn off movies a little bit more recently because it just takes away. If I'm trying to get something else done, I'm just like I get engrossed in it. And this happened earlier in the week. When I watched Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, which I have seen before, <gasps> and I, I just couldn't stop. I had to go to the run errands and shit. And I just couldn't leave the house. I couldn't pause it. I was like, I got to pause this. I will never leave the house if I don't stop this film. It was Why it's just, just finish it later. I do that all the time. I know. I know I could. I, I actually was able to stop it about an hour and 10 minutes in and go to the activities and errands, finish those and come back and watch the film. So you're right. I But it was tough because I was just like, God, this Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ethan Hawke going head to head. And Philip Seymour Hoffman in this is very, very, I don't know. It's a little bit different. Like he's, he's not fucking around in this movie, you know, he's like real, he's a prick, but he's so fucked up, but he can't like, like that scene in the car. I don't know if you, I mean, you guys have both seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so powerful, man. It's a, it's really one of his better performances. I won't say it's the best, but it's really, really good. And Sydney Lumet, it was one a great way to wrap up a career. I mean, yeah. it was very low budget too. It's not like it's not like uh all the it's one of those movies where there's like five intros, you know there's not a lot of money behind. <laughs> yeah. Slang. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. <laughs> Brought to you by five different tiny companies. Football entertainment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's really great, though. If you've never seen Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, please watch it. Go find it somewhere. It'll definitely be worth your time. So if, yeah, you if you want to watch, watch, watch PSH Fuck, that's a good way to, to do that's that, too. Ex- <laughs> movie has <laughs> that. Rather if you ever quickly. thought to yourself, what's he look like when he's fucking? Well, yeah. that's the movie. First, <laughs> what does he look like? First, <laughs> the quote on the cover seconds. box? If you, ever, if you want to know what Larry Fessenden looks like when he's fucking, watch the first few minutes of your next. If you want nice. to know what PSH looks like when he's <laughs> fucking, watch the first few minutes before the devil knows you're dead. Yeah. Not only fucking, but like, do you ever want to see what he looks like fucking while looking at himself fucking? Yes, it's quite interesting. Uh, I watched a great comedy, <laughs> underrated. I know our friend of the show, Aaron, would love it. Uh, Slam and Salmon, which is a broken lizard film. <laughs> so funny. So funny. In fact, a uh, quick tribute here, because I, I downloaded a drop from that movie for another show, but I'll pop it in real quick. This makes me laugh every time. Whatever, motherfucker! <laughs> I love it. Michael Clark Duncan is so funny in this movie. It's really good to see. I know he's dead, but... Uh, I really love his comedic chops. I think they were really there. He does a great job in this movie because he's, but he's not the comedian so much as a straight guy, I guess, to the chaos, but he is funny. So I recommend this. Strongly recommend this. One of the better Broken Lizard films, actually. Top three, I think. 
Uh, Beer Fest, Super Troopers. Mm, yeah, I think, yeah, top three. I'll stay there. Yeah. There's only four, Club, five. Club Dread right? good. Club yeah, Dread was not good. Uh, yeah, yeah, Club Dread. I, I saw. I, I, would go, I would go Club Dread over. Uh, I go Club Dread over Slamming Salmon myself. Well, I know you would. Yeah. Well, I because it's got everything. It's got comedy and it's a horror flick. And it's, but it's also yeah. like an exploitation of it, right? So. Right. I remember yeah, seeing Club Dread in the theater with, and I was like, yeah, this, I, I was so excited for it because that was a follow up yeah. to Super Troopers. Yeah, we can all agree up. that it's all better than Super Troopers Two, though. Didn't even bother. Don't. Well, I saw the theater. I'd have to do it another. When I actually saw it in the theater with. I was living with them in Maryland at the time, and I remember walking out that movie like, "Hey, I just went to see Super Troopers 2 with actual dicks in the movie." So I remember that. So oh, I had like, <laughs> it was weird, but it was kind of funny. It was kind of a funny movie. Oh well, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I don't know. They, maybe I, <laughs> I need know, to go back and take dicks and eleven-year-olds. Like, what, can we move on? Oh, is that? Not, is that uh... <laughs> Well, no, it's it's no big deal. I realize I just said that on the air, but they don't know who I'm talking about because I didn't say his last name, so they'll never know. So I'm just gonna anyway. sit here and not say anything until you're done, Mike. Oh, God, I okay, I can take it. I can take it. A wise man, <sighs> you know, if you want to look wise, you don't talk much. You gotta take a tip from Reverend Toller. Yes, yes. <laughs> you want to look intelligent? Shut up. Shut up. I watch Side Effects, Steven Soderbergh film. Okay. And- really love it. It's, I saw it one time, and I went back to check it out again. It's really, really good. I think you should all go check it out. Channing Tatum, Rooney Mara. James yeah. loves Rooney. And what are the last, like, legit performances from Catherine Zeta-Jones before she's, you know, there's not much of her. I think she's back on TV, I saw. Is she? Uh, yeah, I saw a yeah. preview of something with her. She's on network again. But, I mean, but we yeah. all agree. It's been pretty light, like, the last oh, 10 yeah. years. Oh, yeah, it's been light. Yeah, she I mean, played uh, Olivia Havilland in the Betty and Joan feud story on FX. She was fucking great in it. She's a great actress, but she's she had is. her share of problems, and I'm, you know, I support her. Yeah, oh, I didn't know she I, had problems. I didn't know so. she had problems. Yeah, either. she's got some <laughs> mental health problems, what I understand, allegedly. Oh, oh shit! Well, that's not best funny, you know, to that's her funny. and Michael. Yeah, they still they are still together. I think. Does anyone really believe that's a real marriage? It just doesn't seem like a real marriage to me. But who cares? Uh, and then I, I went back Fuck to what do, I know. I was staying in the aughts here. I went back in the aughts again, obviously with the devil knows you're dead. Slam and salmon. I fired up beer fest after Slam and salmon. It's fucking hilarious. It's one of the so best funny. comedies I've ever seen. It never hilarious. gets old. It's always, always funny. If you've never seen beer fest for some reason, please go watch it. Hilarious. So many jokes. So like many gold. jokes. Pot of gold. Yes. And I watch role models, which is another great comedy. And I actually thought about bringing it to the table. It would be kind of cool to do a David Wayne movie, possibly. But then I was like, no, I'm just going to... It doesn't need to be analyzed. It's really funny, though. It might be one of the best comedies I've seen in the last 15 years. And I'm not kidding when I say that. It's so well-written. And the, even the ad-lib stuff they do that's kept in the movie is so funny. Strongly recommend role models. Jane Lynch is hilarious in that movie as a recovering drug addict. You wouldn't think that's funny, but it's pretty damn funny. And uh, finally... Smoking Aces. <laughs> now, I remember, save this for last, because I wanted to bring this up. I had oh, not, man. I remember when this movie came out, I was really, <laughs> really excited about it. They they had so many people in this movie. You got Ryan Reynolds and uh, Ray Liotta and Andy Garcia. Uh, and then all these other people who are not more well-known now, Taraji P. Henson and... Uh, Common, there's some rappers like uh, Common and Alicia Keys, who actually are pretty good. And 
Uh, Chris Pine. Chris Pine's in this. He's, he plays one of these three Nazi brothers. It's Chris Pine. Chris Pine's a Nazi. I'm like, oh, okay. I forgot about it. This was right before we got the Star Trek role. So I remember when it came out, I was so excited. I went and saw the theater. I was pretty disappointed with it. And I really kind of dismissed it. But I watch it again now, and it does seem like they were trying to get to some, like, grand finale here that you're supposed to be wowed by. But I, it just it still doesn't work. Yeah, it felt like a like snatch, but a misfire. I yes, mean, yeah. that's yeah. really well yeah. said, actually. Like yeah, a dumber Ocean's Eleven, right? Like they were, <laughs> they were going for like the big heist film with the big with the big cast and all that. Yeah, I didn't like, mention Jeremy Piven. Yeah, he's the main target, right? Yeah, right. But yeah, it just Aces. it was like it made me, it made me, it made me think of remember that movie, The Big Hit? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Hit. Like, yeah, I was like, oh, this yep. could be good. No, this is not. Big like, hit. Oh, wow. I forgot about the big hit. <laughs> yeah, I think Huge everyone honor. forgot about the big hit. <laughs> well, nobody talks about smoking aces. And if you look at the cast, it's like, wow, all these people are well known still. And Ryan Reynolds is a god now. And Joe Carnahan was coming off NARC, and I was really excited, but it just. I'd yep. like everyone else to maybe take a look at it. If you never saw it, you know, give me your thoughts. Send it in at simon9pot at protonmail.com. Let me know. Did you find something worth value in it? I mean, the action is really cool. It's. It is cool to see Taraji. That was the first time I saw Taraji P. Henson, and she was like a badass. She's a badass in that film. So there are moments that you can take out of it. But overall, Lake Tahoe looks nice, I guess. Yeah, that's it. All right. So those are our quarantine viewing picks. It's been another fun week. We hope you enjoyed all of our selections. And we look forward to another day when we can talk about more viewing selections. But now it's time to get to the main event. Time to talk turkey. You're next. That's apostrophe. You are next. A 2011 film selected by Travis Roy. It is a, uh, can I call it a slasher film or is it just a scary movie or what do we call it? I mean, I w- yeah, I would call it a slasher, a horror. Felix. Hey. Felix, is it all done in there or what? I saw my signal came back. Is it over? Look, I know you're pissed at me for not helping out. I just... I couldn't do it, man. I I told you this might happen. I saw Mom and the blood and... You know I'm a pacifist. I can't... I can't deal with the violent stuff. Come on, man. I can hear you breathing on the other end of the phone. Felix. It's... It's fucking freezing out here. I'm coming inside. Felix. I stuck a blender in his head and killed him. Oh. Okay. I can't believe you were in on this. Come on, babe. 
You do know how broke we are, right? You would have killed me. No. That was never supposed to happen. Even if you hadn't meant to kill me, you must have known I could have died. No. You were supposed to be the witness. A person with a clean record that could attest that our family and neighbors had been murdered by unknown lunatics. It was, in fact, a very important part of my plan that you be unharmed. We needed someone with no motive to see what had happened here. Someone other than Z, obviously. Where is Z? I killed her, too. Ah. Totally understand. Okay, I just want to make sure. I didn't know if slashers meant like you had to kill people with a knife exclusively or a machete. I mean, yeah, usually, like I mean, I mean, I mean, usually there's one slasher, but you, you're, we're still talking about people being stalked by someone in a mask. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of a classic <laughs> slasher trope or slasher trope, sl sl slasher trape. Yeah, there um, could be people sloshed in the movie. I, I think yeah. somebody was drinking at one I think point. I'm sloshed. Um, hey! <laughs> <laughs> well, Travis, I mean, you recommend this movie, so did, did you see it this the year it came out in the theater, or no? I, I didn't see it in theaters, so I um I didn't see this one for a little bit. I I think it was like a, a full year before I saw it. It was like towards the end of the year that it came out, uh, and I remember being I was really impressed by it. Uh, I thought it was one of the better movies of the year, and then I didn't watch it again for like a long time, like a, a few years, and I watched it again and kind of excitedly and went, ah, I thought like I really liked this movie. Maybe it's, maybe I kind of didn't like it as much as I thought I did. So I thought I'd give it a shot. Like it was that was kind of my thinking. But at one point I loved it. Another time I watched it, I was like, eh, I'm not so sure. So I thought, yeah, I've been meaning to revisit. I'll make you guys revisit it too. There it is. I'll tell you what. This movie's got a lot going on. We're going to talk about that. Eric Branstrom, though, take us back in time. Do you remember the first time you saw this film? Yeah, you know, I actually saw, uh, uh, I went to a screening of Wingard's The Guest in 2014, and he appeared with Simon Barrett, his co-writer. And uh, I love The Guest so much that I was like, what else has this guy made? Turns out he's been making movies since he was 19, like feature-length films. But I, I gobbled up the year next, and I, I was a huge fan of it. Of course, this is 20... Uh, well, I think they made it in 2011 and it came out 2013. Is I'm that what it is? That. Yeah, because I feel like... Something like that. There's like a it was in the circuits for like two years, just bouncing all over the circuits, gaining momentum. But yeah, by the time I saw it... I two dates too. I got confused. That explains yeah, it, a lot. Was, it was right in that sweet spot when 80s nostalgia and the whole synthetic sound stuff was happening. So yeah. it was hitting me like a little pinball machine. So yeah, yeah I was it's all like, over it. Synthwave score and mumblecore, yeah. right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Synth, synthcore, yeah, everything <laughs> sitting on all cylinders, indie filmmakers, everything. So yeah, but I haven't seen it since. I have definitely never saw this movie. <laughs> you don't say. That's just something I uh, would seek out. I mean, I could have run into it if somebody had shown it to me. Most likely, it, when I was living with Aaron, you know, he. I've told you guys before, he opened uh, yeah, my eyes to some uh, mumblecore, like you said, yeah. the Creeps series and all that stuff. So, yeah. uh, But no, I'd never seen this film, and uh, I was very excited to see it because I wanted to see what my uh, response would be to it, which was what we will dive into further. Uh, but this movie, you know, is well-respected at IMDb. Do you guys know the score? Did anybody look it up? I didn't look it up. I'm going yeah. yeah. to guess seven. Air Point. <laughs> seven. I, took a look, I took a look, Mike. So what do we got? We got a 6-6. Six, six. Yeah, all right. Dual yep. sixes. Does that surprise you, Travis, at all? No, I mean, that's, yeah. I would have guessed high six. 
high sixes, early sevens. I mean, I usually under guess, so I'm trying to like guess up because I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I usually I'm usually shooting way low, so I guess I overcompensated this time. But uh, yeah, I mean that sounds about right. Well, the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, the final authority on all films, sixty percent from the audience. Sixty <laughs> we percent. Final authority on all films. <laughs> right. Well, next to us. Yes, I forgot about us. Sixty uh, percent from the audience, so six zero. That's still a good butter tub of popcorn and at a 79 from the critics so the critics uh i don't know i actually don't have a lot of familiarity with how critics rate horror movies anybody care to maybe elaborate on that a little bit for those of us that are less is that something that critics will give high scores to horror films or you i mean like typically horror you know has not been given its proper due uh by reviewers and and just generally it's like the redheaded stepchild of horror or of, of, of the genres um but you know, I mean, I don't know. I think that probably, you know, I'm guessing when it's a horror movie, they're going to send a specific person like, oh, she likes those kind of movies. We'll send her, you know, like <laughs> something like that. Like she, she she eats this shit up. We'll send her uh, rather than sending like the, the, the person, you know, rather than sending their Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I honestly don't know. I, I don't have a lot of experience. I would assume that critics are critics, which means implied snobbery a little bit for me but that doesn't mean that's the case so i was just curious about that i will say that chris nashawadi he writes for entertainment weekly chris nashawadi given its title you can be forgiven for assuming that adam wingard's home invasion thriller will be just another blood-soaked body count flick but your next is better than that a lot better even though it is a blood-soaked body count kind of flick, <laughs> as you admit, yeah. Even though, yeah, that's a uh, that's a pretty good review, actually. I I I can see what he's saying there. Uh, who else we got here? Uh, no, I'm not seeing Dustin Thompson here on the. Uh, oh, we got a uh, we got somebody from RogerEbert.com because Roger had died by the time this movie came out. Uh, Simon Abrams from RogerEbert.com says, "You're next." is a simultaneously nihilistic and grossly incompetent horror homage. Okay, I agree with a couple adjectives. I disagree with a couple others. Uh, what okay. is it homage to? Because I don't know. You know, I, oh, I, I'm right. It's, it's an homage, homage to Jesus Christ? The Lord and the Savior? <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. I, I'm seeing several here. Uh Black Christmas, Prom Night, House on Sorority Row, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, a ton, a ton. Um, I know it was definitely part of like a whole spat of home, in, home invasion that films. That, thank you. Uh, of home invasion films that were coming out yeah, at the time. Often, often that, that like would involve masks. Like I still haven't seen The Strangers or The Strangers 2. Like I, so like, so this movie reminds me in a lot of ways. You're next of like um, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead because I was like, I was terrified of zombie movies really until I saw um, Dawn of the Dead. And then I was like all about zombie movies after that. Uh, and home invasion is another thing that it's just like in my, like I'm terrified. I, I can't like, like that's one of my biggest fears in life. So I don't really watch a lot of home invasion uh, movies. There's not a lot that I've seen because like, if I know that's the plot, usually I kind of steer clear of them. Um, really? So yeah. That's so I kind of, yeah. So I kind of, so, but this movie I found to be like, when I watched it the first time, I'm like, well, that's, that's that's home invasion in a fun way. That's different. So, <laughs> and how is that exactly? I don't I mean, know. I don't know. The, the soundtrack, yeah. uh, the stylistic uh, <laughs> shots. I don't know. Maybe. 
Well, so what do you got going on here? You got some people. I like, got a family getting together, right? It's, uh, it's got that guy, by the way, from okay. fucking all Ferrelli Brothers movie that I, he's in every yeah. Ferrelli Brothers yeah. movie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what he's from. All yeah, the fucking right. Ferrelli Brothers yeah. movies. That's yeah. right. I saw him in Hall Pass a couple weeks ago, I think. Uh, at any rate, it seems like there's some tension, though, at the dinner table. It's like, <laughs> a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Did you pick bit. up on that, Mike? Yeah, I yeah, said dysfunction there in the family. But then, like, so I was actually kind of surprised how it got me. But I, it got me a little bit. I'm willing to admit this. When the guy got shot with the fucking arrow in the head, I was like, what? This is how I thought there was going to be more banter and more, like, debate and argument. It, it was like, nope, that's it. We're getting right into this. So, Because I was actually and, laughing at some of the, yeah. <laughs> the banter at the table. Yeah. I mean, like, the brothers on brothers shit, it's pretty funny. Yeah. But once it, once it gets going, again, like Dawn of the Dead, like, it's, like, instant survival. Like, you're you're going from, like, hey, we got our petty squabbles and, like, we're just eating dinner and everything's fine, whatever. But like, boom, instant survival mode, react appropriately or die. <laughs> I think you're right about that. Yeah. There's no doubt. There's no time to grieve or anything. It's just right. chaos ensues. Um, well, yeah, if you're the mother... Yeah, if, the, if you're the mother, you can watch like one of your sons get murdered and then go to bed and like cry for a while, even though watches, there's probably still murderers her, in your house. She watches <laughs> her daughter get murdered, and she's so I mean, like, because she one of her sons gets injured, but he's still alive, and then she watches her daughter get murdered, and then she's a fucking wreck. Um, which I, I I I I can't blame her for. I mean, to watch one of your kids die, another one dying, that'd probably be you know psychologically break you. Uh, yeah. Uh, so where do we go with this movie? I don't know where to go. I'm lost here. I'll leave it to you guys to control the direction here. Because, I mean, do we critically break this down? Uh, what do we look at here? The the score? The terrifying music? The haunting uh, images? I mean, the same stuff we always do, I guess. Why, why would we do this any differently than anything else? I don't know. I'm just confused. I, because I don't, I don't know what to do. How are I, you I mean, confused? It's, it's a horror movie. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So you know, uh, you know, there's people with masks on, and they're killing people. Correct. That's what I got out of it so, to a certain point. <laughs> how how early do we want to get in a spoiler territory? Because there's a huge difference between home invasion stories where the people they're invading know the people, or if they're it's a completely random act of violence. Yeah. And this well, is a, and this is different. Let's stop now, real quickly, and say we're in the spoiler part of the episode. If you, you yeah, know, so yeah. Continue. Yeah, this is something we do weekly too. Not, you're right. Yeah, if you've not seen the movie, uh, you probably should bow out by now. But go ahead, Eric. What, were you, what was your point? Well, you bring up the Strangers, which I really recommend you seeing. It's one of the best home invasion movies I've ever seen in my life. And the most terrifying part about that movie is th there's no connection. They just show up and they just want to kill these people. Whereas in this movie, there's this familial thing and, right. and blah blah blah. Either way, it's terrifying. Yeah, the Purge as well came out in this kind of sweet spot of home invasion and. You know, it's it's got its own epithet uh, to it. Uh, if I'm using that properly, but uh, oh, oh I, I, I took a shot. Uh, but, but yeah, um, solid home invasion opening. I, I like the way they they introduce the characters. Uh, the movie gets criticized for not developing everyone that well. There's some shaky acting personally if you ask me but i think you get to know the character just as much as you need to know to see how they'll interact throughout the entire film i agree i mean um i would say that let's start with the acting i would say that when you look at this movie in more ways than most movies there's a serious imbalance between people that can act pretty damn well 
and people that really can't act that well. The mom is not a very good actor, for instance, right? Like she's just not. Um, but like Joe Swanberg, the the, the play, who plays Drake, is so natural and believable, it's fucking ridiculous. Am I right? Yeah. Yes. I, I completely go the other way. I love Barbara <laughs> Crampton, man. From beyond uh the reanimator, whereas yeah, Joe Swanberg, I like her. Dude, oh man. But you thought but you, and you yeah. didn't think Joe Swanberg was good. Um, I, I can respect him. I used to live down the street for him, chatted from him, chatted him up a few times, but he seems serviceable <laughs> at best. Just like, Hey dude, I, I need actors. Can you show up? Sure. Whatever. Well, that's oh, one of the yeah. things I like about it. They clearly did do that. Cause half the people in the movie are like directors. <laughs> yeah. All indie filmmakers. <laughs> oh, really? See, I don't know any of that. Swanberg, yeah. Ty West. Um, I believe AJ Bowen's a director as well. He's definitely a writer, I believe. Um, Hmm. I guess that's it, but that's still uh, kind of a, that's still a few. I, I yeah, almost, I mean, I, yeah, mistook Swanberg for the guy from uh, the School Ties. I think it is. I thought he looked like that guy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? He's got that same guy. face. Yeah. And yeah, that same face. Yeah, yeah. yeah the guy yeah. who fails no. French. The guy who fails French at School Ties. That kid. That's what he reminds me of. You did this. Yeah, you yeah, did, you did this. I've seen. Yeah, anyway, yeah, I just. I don't know a lot of these people, uh, and that's that's actually impressive. I mean, maybe because they circle in scary and horror films. I don't know, but I, I didn't recognize beyond the fucking guy. That's really the only guy yeah. I knew was the Ferrelli brother, dude. That was uh, that was different for me. I guess. I mean, it was, it was not everybody. a it's not a huge cast, and then you know Nicholas no. Tucci is one of the, you know R I P last year. Uh, oh, Tucci. Tucci. Yeah, he uh, cancer got him unfortunately. He was mm-hmm. our age, young dude. Uh, yeah, he, right. he, yeah, he played Felix. Um, which you know my least favorite death is felix the blender on the head is it's just i don't believe that that's going to go through skull like that you're not fooling me um i don't i don't believe someone who just was like raised (laughs) as a survivalist is going to brutally kill someone in that fashion i i couldn't buy into that whole sharni vincent character honestly i wait 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 wait. so believability is in play here Okay, I knew you were gonna say that. Like, <laughs> this is like serious. a I'm yeah, this, this. this is the whole. Is it a good meal if it's a Big Mac as opposed to like filet mignon, or are you just gonna enjoy it because for what it is? Uh, yeah, sure. Right. Sure. This is not shot like First Reformed. Yeah. Again, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. But like, I mean, if we're, I think it's a horror movie. Do you want your people to be killed with like authentic weapons? I mean, well, that's what I'm asking. Well, okay, that that is one thing I like about this movie is that like the later tetanus infection is always a risk factor. Like the, every every <laughs> weapon in this movie movie is so rusty. No joke. but i really do like that like it's like you're just like going around this old house trying to find like what the fuck can i kill someone with like i really like that aspect of this movie um for, for one and i was thinking a lot about aaron the character of aaron and the fact that she was raised in a survivalist cult right um what is this movie if aaron had not been raised in a survivalist cult well it's not a fucking movie it's a news story it's it's just not a, it's not there's nothing of interest there. I mean, it, it's just a bunch of people getting murdered. That's not a fucking movie because right? they don't have the skills and tools. There's no right. Yeah. If, if she if she she would have absolutely been killed. First of all, that bit about trying to save her as a witness is obviously a lie. She would have been she she would have been killed. Everybody would have been killed. End of the fucking movie. 20, 30 minutes in. That's not a movie. There has to be some sort of uh, thing to make this different than what happened to the neighbors next door. 
there has to be something different that sets us apart from just being a regular home invasion movie. And and it's the it's it's the unknown factor of Aaron's past that she had not told him like, hey, turns out my father traumatized me with all this shit that's suddenly become really useful. As, as Crispin says at the end, how are we supposed to know you are really really good at killing people? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, what's funny. up, Joey? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But then he tries to twist it on her like there's something wrong with you that you're so good at killing people. But hey, we're rich. You are you over it? Hug. <laughs> yeah, I can make that point. I I, I like your point, Travis. I mean, like, she honestly reminds me, and this may be seriously hyperbolic. Coming from me, that's saying a lot. A little bit like John Rambo. I mean, the character because she has the ingenuity and the history. Wow. But Rambo likes killing because war is a part of him, and he's an animal now. Whereas this woman, Aaron, I just for me. The tone of the character, she came off a little bit too much like she was having fun killing people. It didn't work for me that well. Uh, I, I kind of like that because, I mean, like it starts off and she's not having fun, right? It starts off and she's like just strictly. It doesn't look like, like she is. No, no. For, I, I would say for the most of the movie, it doesn't seem like she's having a good time. But you're right. Towards the end, it kind of seems like she is. But that's necessary or else it's not going to make sense for her killing Crispin. Which, okay. which that's a that's a question right there. You're her. Do you kill Crispin or do you? Because he thinks she's gonna, he's gonna, that she's gonna like pull a citizen's arrest on him. And like, oh, I guess I'm going to jail, or we could be rich. These are the options. And she's like, now nah, you're fucking dead, bro. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I would never kill a cuddly bearded hipster professor, Travis. And no. I want you to know that personally. <laughs> but she straight up murders him. I mean, uh, yeah, she does. She's not at risk. And by that point, she's a murderer, which and she's fucked anyways, because the cop gets killed by the axe. And there's a movie. I'm not going to say the name of it, but there's a movie from the 80s that I really enjoyed where like at the end, the twist is that like, yeah, everyone gets away. But like they're perceived to be the killers because like the killer is dead. So like who the fuck knows what happened? All we know is one person's left and it makes sense. The cops would be like, well, clearly you're responsible for this or you're somehow involved. Uh, and I feel like with Aaron now, she's not wearing the masks and stuff, but like, I mean, her, her prints are going to be all over that ax that kills a cop. For instance, she very obviously killed Crispin. Um, like her life is fucked even though she survives. Good hey, point. I'm still kind of hung up on that blender thing. Now, no, let me bring it up because it, it wouldn't move. Yeah, I mean, if it was already lodged in his fucking head, it wouldn't move. Yeah, no, no, no. yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll let it go. I'll let it go. I'll let it go. It's, I used to have blender one time, and I got nothing. No slushy, no nothing. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a flaw. That's a flaw. They they fucked yeah. up there. They didn't need to do well, that. They, they got but, enough creative ways to kill people. They could have gone somewhere else. Gone somewhere else. Isn't that part of a horror movie though? Is a creative way to murder somebody? You know, and that's classic. <laughs> There's a lot of that. There is yeah. a lot of that. I mean, even the knife, you know how hard it would be to stick that knife in the girl's head like that? That's hard to do. A skull is very thick. It's, is it hard so. to do? How many times have you done it? Well, I, you know, I practiced. Yeah, I got, you know. No, I, you're right. I don't know. You're right. But I feel like a skull stuff. I don't know. I never had my head bashed in. Well, I had my head bashed in once, but it wasn't with a knife. So, any rate, uh, yeah. So, the acting, I never even thought about the acting. Because to me, it's just, once the murdering started, it was just chaos. Yes. And you're you're trying to set a tense mood regardless of the of the acting, in my opinion. So you have just intense and oh my, who's going on? Who's gonna? Who's who? What's going on here? As that starts to un, unfold, I don't. I really never thought about the acting too much. To be honest with you. Well, I got a question for you since you you know first time viewer. 
Um, how soon were you aware that Z and Felix were in on it? And how soon were you aware that um, Crispin was in on it? I had no idea Crispin was in on it. Good. I, I'm, I was clueless. Good. <laughs> totally threw me for a loop. I admit that. As far as the other guys, I don't even know which one's Z. <laughs> I don't Z, Z is the dark haired girlfriend who gets, who gets the, the knife in the head. Yeah. The, the yeah. one who's like so obviously a villain. She like won't even shake mom's hand. And she shows up like, hi, I'm what a villain. Mean, you I'm here to be a villain. You're dead, mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that was more obvious. Yeah, that, that says I it thought, all. Oh, you got me. Crispin, I thought was like, uh, you know, I felt bad for him even at the dinner table early on. And then I felt that this was a guy that was going to live through the whole story and be one of the good people. So that, that got me. I admit that. Yeah, that's good. Mike, uh, what was the fast forward meter on your next? Uh, it actually wasn't too strong. I, I don't. I'm. I know. I'm sure I did it once. I, I did. You it said once you didn't twice. do it with movies you hadn't seen. So you're a liar. Yes. yes. No, I'm not a liar. I'm not a liar. But uh, I may have fast forwarded through like the beginning. At the very so, beginning. So you do fast forward through movies you haven't seen, and you are a liar. <laughs> Um, I am a liar, and I <laughs> we're all liars. I'm not going to hold fast forwarded <laughs> through movies I've never seen before. It's it's been done, even if it's a slight press of a button. You know, it's so much easier than back in the day when you had a remote. Oh yeah, and it's, get you know, up. You, I'm watching on my computer. I can just tap my mouse pad. It's so easy. So I got I got a problem. I got to work. You watch, on wait, you watch so. movies on your computer on your laptop? Well, that's how you're, well, that's no, how you're watching movies with pod. Oh, I watch them on the big TV on the wall here, but it's connected through the laptop. So, yeah. I was going to say, wait till no one finds out you watch Tenant on your computer. You're fucked, bro. <laughs> oh, man. He's, just, you he's wanna... mad we're watching at home. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I... Go ahead, Eric, please. Um, okay, your setup is that... I don't know how much I sit, want to sit here and think about this, but your setup is that they hire these killers to only kill their parents for the inheritance or the, is it always intended for them yeah. to kill their brothers too, like the whole family? Yeah. They're killing everybody because they okay. want to split the inheritance between them. So okay. they, they want the sister gotcha. dead and they want the brother dead and they want everybody else dead because they want to make it look like it's everybody's dying at once. Okay. Yeah. That's a cool plot. It's cool. Um, yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Kill I the people say. next door to make it look like it's just crazies. <laughs> yeah. But one thing that, I mean, like, how are they going to get away with it though? Um, yeah, what was the plan? Uh, what would was there any like a uh, fail safe here? Or, uh... yeah, I don't know. It seems like it's kind of like you're fucked either. I don't know how they're getting away with it, even if I they mean, try I, to make it look like it was a bunch of crazies. Yeah, yeah, I think the plan was like you know, just um, the three guys disappear into the night after killing everybody, and then the other two brothers pretend like they were hiding somehow or playing dead or or something like that, or maybe we're gonna like you know, get wounded like a random wound. people not connected to. The immediate family members means no motive, maybe. Right. And, and maybe for maybe they're going to go and kill some more people too that night, like they had the neighbors. Like maybe they're just going to like you know, make it look more random. And I always wondered, like aside from the the fabulous like grammatical contraction of your next, why they write that? I mean, just is it like just because it'd be cool to see in a horror movie? But maybe that's like to make them seem like fucked up, like Satanists or something to to steer them away from the family. I have a, I have a theory. Dinner. I have I have a theory. One is that yeah, you're right. It just looks cool. We don't get a title opening title because we get it on the on the, written on the in blood, and that's sure. really cool. Sure. Um, and like the masks, like that they 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 look cool, right? I mean, 
like the visibility of those things would fucking suck. <laughs> like your, right. these things are a hindrance. You yeah, know? remember Halloween? You can't breathe. It's poking you in the eye and the plastic rips. You're fucked. Yeah, you're putting yourself <laughs> at further risk here. Once it gets like once it gets really intense later on, they're just trying to fight Aaron. They still got the mask on. I'm like, what are you doing? Come on. But, but um, these guys are not just doing this for the money. These guys are full on sadists. They really are enjoying themselves. I mean. Z wanting to fuck next to the dead mother is that's just part of it. She probably is the one that knows these guys in the first place um, and probably help hatch, you know, help stick the idea in Felix's head is kind of the feeling I got. Um, but um, Mike, you look very perplexed. What am I saying? That's making you. No, you keep talking. I'm just thinking about the movie. So. Oh, I, I, OK, well, no, I'm done. I'm thinking about the fucking in the. Yeah. Yeah, so I, mean, I just yeah, oh, that's gross. But yeah, so obviously they're like fucked up people, and they they get off on scaring people. Like when they kill, uh, I think her name is Kelly uh, Swanberg's wife. Like that, that you know, they chase her to the neighbors next door. Like they fuck with her and stuff. Like they're just like just playing this cat and mouse game kind of stuff. And that's one of the things I really liked about the Winberg Wingard's direction. Uh, who's good at filming giant things from below, as given evidence by uh, Converse Godzilla. But like when um. <laughs> When uh, I think it's the the first person that she kills that the, the the first of the three mask guys like gets in the in the building, and like he's like just shot so from below everything freezes the music is intense he looks like a giant he looks like a god about to kill her right like he and that's what he's been doing like he's been moving around killing people taking life acting like a god and then she just flips the script on him and it's beating the shit out of him with a fucking meat tenderizer and he's screaming like a like a baby and then it's over and it's like he's instantly emasculated because like for a moment it's like yeah i'm a fucking badass i'm a fucking badass and then he just like brought right down and it's um i don't know it's really really well done so i, I think these guys are doing it for more than the money they feel good about themselves as they i think you described it accurately and clearly yes <laughs> Not it's a lot of fun direction um one thing that uh, soured on me a little bit is you get these movies that take place in essentially one location. I think of a movie like Knives Out, uh, especially House Pictures, Knives Out, or uh, even Clue. I mean, Ooh. these movies are so geographically and spatially uh, sound that it could I could probably draw you a nice quick map of the, the house in Knives Out. Wingard shoots literally every single frame in a, either a close-up or a medium. So I can never really tell where the fuck I am in this house. And I think that's a little bit of a problem for the film, to be honest and, with you. And for the house to be as huge as it is, we really only see like the kitchen, yeah. the dining room, the 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 lobby, the entry, you know, the, the foyer, and like a, and like a one or two bedrooms. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I agree. Kind of a misuse of such a proper, cool space. Yeah. But I wonder, maybe he was shot on a soundstage. Um, you know, I mean, it looks like it's mostly being shot in a real place, but maybe there's some soundstage action going on. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I never thought about any of that. That's interesting. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you got to talk about good old Larry Fessenden because, of course. you know, the dude's a, a fucking great director. Wendigo is a fucking awesome indie horror movie. That he Depraved. Directed. Depraved Depraved and great about. But this is a champion for uh, horror. In fact, he bankrolled Ty West's first film, The Roost, with Tom Noonan, which is actually a really cool, like, bad horror movie that. that he just, like, gave him the money and said, well, let me be involved in some capacity, you know. Uh, he supports these guys. He appears in a couple of Swanberg's films, and he's just a champion for these indie filmmakers. And it's kind of an unsettling, if not very, like, disturbing and awkward maybe even clunky opening, but you know, you got to give it up for Lars on this one. 
Yeah, I, I could do without not one but two characters that are college professors that are fucking their students. Um, I could do without <laughs> and that. And they got the fucking like tweed like jacket. Come on, right? You don't right. have to have the tweed jacket. Um, <laughs> right, but but yeah, I agree. Larry Larry Fessenden is like a horror genre Lucky Rabbit's foot. He just pops up in so much stuff. Um, he's 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 only directed a handful of films over the years, but he's produced a fucking ton like almost 200 or something i want to say like he's produced a ton um and he so often will just pop in like in a cameo appearance and it's just like here let me just bless your movie real quick with my horror icon status and he's also at the same time a horror icon that like not everybody knows like i'm talking about him right now and i see your i know you don't know who he is mike and that's and that's fine i'm not trying to like be like oh, i fucking know who he is but like but that's who he is like if you're like a big time horror nerd you're you're gonna be like there he is the fucking rabbit's foot popping into this horror movie, but it, like you know, but he's also just some nobody to a lot of folk. Exactly, he is. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Good for him. I'm looking yeah. at his IMDb nice career. A massive catalog. Yeah, oh my god, endless, yeah. And again, I'd strongly recommend um, Depraved. When Wendigo is good, but it's old yeah. enough. It's I mean, it's from the '90s. When so like, to go or Wendigo? Wendigo. Wendigo. When, like the Wind Wendigo. Like the animal. The Winnebago. Like, I don't know. It's like the uh, the the spirit of the wilderness that rends the flesh of men. Yes. Uh, Wow. That's that's intense. (laughs) Sounds really intense. Nice. I fucked up epithet and you pulled that off. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, so I, I recommended this film, um, knowing that there wouldn't be a ton here, but, uh, I, I watched it and, you know, in trying to pull out anything, for one, hey Mike, only white people in this movie. I, ah, damn it! Yeah, I, I wanted there. to be the first one to say that, but I got, I got sidetracked thinking about the movie more. Fuck! <laughs> I definitely at that dinner table, white people the movie came into my head in oh, about yeah. three minutes yeah. or less. Um, but I do like that. There's definitely a, I mean, like there's a critique going on here about um, about the wealthy, and it's not like oh, the wealthy are terrible, or like the wealthy are just so awful, because like most of the people in this family are pretty normal people and like okay so swanberg's character drake kind of sucks like he's pretty superficial but everybody else seems pretty fine the father's fine like they're they're fine they're like whatever they're just normal people but then there's these two people in the family in fact one of them who describes himself as a pacifist who um clearly is like a, a got a degree in some sort of like i don't know if he's a history professor or what but he's some sort of liberal arts guy like he's a you know he's he's someone that you'd think of as, as someone who would probably not be a killer right crispin um but for these guys for him and for crispin and felix like too much is not enough for these guys nothing's ever going to be enough for these guys the fact that they're going to get like you know the fact that they're going to get their educations paid for that's not enough the fact that they're like living the life that they want to oh i didn't get the fellowship but but like you know your father is still going to help you like the but like so like they have like these cush privileged lives that they could be like their sister or their brother or their other brother drake and just be like yeah this is cool but instead they're like no I am so devoid of any morality that I'm going to have my parents killed on their anniversary um, of all days. And so I could get my money a little bit sooner. It's it's grotesque. I I like that you brought up because I actually was watching a a documentary on the Menendez brothers a couple weeks ago. And I'm glad I did because this reminded me of that because we got these super affluent, overprivileged kids uh, and they're they're that way because of their parents, and they detest their parents 
these two were just smothered to death by them and, and felt completely trapped by them. If we maybe would have gotten a little more of that from these two parents, which I think are underwritten, that could have uh, made a little bit better of a case for the, the plot of the film, but that's just an opinion. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys saw, but in the last week, there was a, like a similar case where these two brothers murdered their entire families uh, down, in, down in Florida. Um, I missed that one. Yeah. So it's like... Uh, Again, that, that's that's my that was kind of not to uh, that's obviously a tragic and terrible thing, but home invasions do happen. People that that's that was my point about Aaron that like if if this had just happened without one person that was able to like use her head and fight back, then there's there's there's, there's just no point of this movie whatsoever. Yeah, uh, I think <laughs> I think Eric's point about. Just because it's just a scary movie or whatever, a horror film, doesn't mean that the characters had to be underwritten at all, right? I mean, can we... I feel like this movie could have been maybe 15 minutes longer if it wanted to be. We could have got some more information, but, I mean, it just kind of cut to the bullshit. It was yeah. not about... It's Grindhouse. At all. Yeah, it's like yell at the screen, horror, fun at the theater, so... I can give it a pass for being a little bit dumb, but some of the technical <laughs> stuff for me, the overly dumb. shaky cam, the... Again, oh the spatial lunacy is... is can't work for me here. There's a couple yep. moments um, like where the camera is so shaky. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing right it's now? Are you on Adderall? Like what's fucking happening? I thought yeah. this was a scary movie trope. That's what I thought. I just <laughs> yeah. assumed it was part of the routine. And sometimes it is. Sometimes it is the shaky handheld. And that's, and that's something I genuinely like about this movie too, is that like this movie starts in less than two minutes in, we're getting ominous music and like exterior shots with the shaky handheld. Like someone's watching you. It follows a lot of the tropes in ways that are kind of that. fun. Yeah. I do appreciate that. I, I will give credit to the movie for that for sure. Yeah. Let's cut yeah, the bullshit and get into it. This is not a two-hour movie, and it right. never should be either. So Exactly. So a little underdevelopment in some of the characters I, I can forgive uh, because ultimately this is, you know, this is just kind of a fun let's watch people get killed kind of movie, and, um, and there isn't a huge social commentary going on or anything with it, but is it entertaining? I think so. Hmm. Uh, anything else, guys? <laughs> no, we, we all covered it okay we got to get that i tried to stretch it out as long as we could here uh, um i will like gonna... one last thing ty west who plays Tariq, the first person to get shot in the head his I lovely scarf Tariq, the scarf i just the yep, fucking yep. scarf is so funny to me dude like he's, it all. Yeah. he's a filmmaker what? he's the he indie underground filmmaker wearing a scarf <laughs> and his name's yeah. really just coming in like playing like a version of himself that he thinks is hilarious oh, shit, underground uh, filmmaker it's so funny he brought oh, uh, see, and see, he yeah. brought uh, real quick wait real quick real quick you guys are bringing these other stories from the world of this genre into this that i don't have like well, you should watch more movies, yes yeah, See, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's just, but this is or something for other people to know. If you're not... seen a bunch and then fast forward through it, I do enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. So. Sorry, go ahead, Eric. Well, uh, Ty West brought in the Valley of Violence, which I think is a fucking awesome western uh, to Chicago too. And uh, he he was a really cool guy. And somebody ended up asking him about uh, your next, and he basically said the film was kind of like an experiment to see if they could get themselves like uh, into a, like over a thousand theaters because they're all friends and they just like, I mean, the I'm a little bit jaded about the festival circuit, but it's a big circle jerk. Like, like, like people would just like nominate themselves and then win. But it's the same um, thing as the Oscars and shit. It's all connected yeah, it, in that world. It's, 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 it's yeah. I left a bad taste in my mouth, but uh, the, the, my point here about this film, what stands out to me the most is, is that it's a great, it's a great kind of uh 
lesson for burgeoning filmmakers that if, if you have even any amount of money, like anybody could make this movie in a, if they have an old antique house, uh, you know, a decent sized budget, it won't cost much and just some ambition and passion to, to make something that's, you know, maybe not completely different, but, but fresh and original. And I was inspired as hell back in the day when I first saw it. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is that it's not, it's not super fresh and different, but it, it's just different enough. It's kind of hard to put your finger on what it is about this movie. That's different. It's like, to be it's like a new fast food restaurant that you've never heard of. You know what I mean? <laughs> kind of yeah because it's the same old shit it's it's home invasion with masks and it's a slasher flick it's it's a lot of the same old shit but there's just something about it and, and i think it's i think it's you know it's some of the comedy uh it's the music it's aaron's character i think it's the writing above all else i think simon barrett who also plays white tiger the uh the shortest the last of the three to die um i think that his script here is is super basic and uncomplicated and solid like it's just it's just a solid feature um and and pretty consistent you guys should what you guys know so much about this stuff you guys should do a cheap ass horror movie you guys have you guys know all about this i think if we get a we get a house somewhere we'll rent one and we make a movie you guys could totally do it do as good as anybody else can I'd be in bed by like eight thirty because sure. I got three yes. jobs. I got I three jobs on a podcast. I'm not doing oh, shit. Oh god, the excuses are piling up within five <laughs> yeah. seconds or less. That's not surprising. It, so. <laughs> All right, well, fuck it. I guess we're not getting our own scary movie from these two experts, but we will judge this movie righteously and with respect to the genre. I will go first, or should I go last? You go last. Go, you're you're, you're probably more okay. surprised. Here, I'll go first. Okay. I picked it. Right. Um. So I, you know, like I said, I was pretty impressed the first time I watched it. And then I was kind of like, I don't know. And then I watched it last night. I still like this movie. I think it holds up. It You you, you cannot expect it to change your life or anything. It's, it's not my octopus teacher. It's not first reformed, right? It's not like, the, it's not a, it's not high art, um, but goddamn, it's entertaining. And it's, uh, it's funny and kind of like, you know, raw. Um, yeah, it holds up. If you if you're looking for for a good horror movie and you've seen this before, it's it's worth reviewing. That's that's kind of the point, right, of our show in some ways. Is it worth the rewatch? And I would say, yeah, it's been a decade. Give it a rewatch. It's still pretty damn good. Yeah, I'm not gonna stray far away from that at all. Uh, if you like old slasher movies and you've never kind of investigated the mumble gore scene, there's films like Baghead, House of the Devil, of course, Murder Murder Party. Uh, and even Wingard's own pop skull is fucking awesome. And I think it's on YouTube. Uh, they're just kind of uh, harmless, like like driving, yell at the theater fluff. Uh, this film, especially from a filmmaker who had, had already about 10 under his belt, I, I got to um, point my finger at him and shake it a little bit because uh, there's some technical stuff in here that is is should have uh, he should have honed in on a little, a little bit on this shaky cam. Some of the photography seems a little bit amateur, but you know it doesn't bother me. Uh, the humor in this, we didn't get to talk about that much. There's some genuinely funny situational moments, like when Swanberg's like, like bitching at his brother still after he's got like a screwdriver in his back. Like, what kind of asshole does that? Uh, but yeah, this this is fun. And if you haven't seen it, check it out. I think you'll enjoy yourself. Well then, uh, so it already holds up, right? You can yeah, see I think so. too. Why not? 
Michael? This is, uh, you know, everyone knows if you listen to the show or you not watch your genre. This, uh, not my genre. Yes, I don't, I don't really focus on it. But if a movie's worth the time, then, you know, I'll give it fair due. I'm not somebody who thinks I'm better than any other film or a genre in particular. I, I just prefer to spend my time in comedies. And for some reason, I'm just a morose and melancholy kind of guy. I love dramas and I always will. So that's going to be a big part of my life. Um, I'm trying to feel something. I'm dead inside. So I'm trying to feel something through a movie. Please. I think that's why uh, we like horror so much. That's why <laughs> well, that's, that's what got me out of a deep, dark depression watching a shitload of horror movies. Right. Wow. I so can it can help you, Mike. Totally. It can help. Yeah, maybe I never saw it like that. But you know, as far as this film goes, it's uh, it's quick and to the point. It doesn't fuck around. I do appreciate that a lot. Uh, who cares? if you, I don't I need to know the people in my movies. I want to see a performance that gives me a response. You know, I'm looking to get engaged in some way. And uh, this movie got me engaged. You know, I, I was confused a bit. I didn't really know what was going on at times. So they got me there. There was a few laughs, as Eric said. So I laughed a bit. That's cool, too. I like to laugh. I like to be confused because uh, I don't want to know. I love when I don't know what's coming next. That's a lot of fun in a movie. So I am... Uh, I think this movie holds up. I don't care about the technical aspects of it. I really don't. I don't fucking care about, you know, the shots and all that stuff. I mean, I'll save my technical aspects of a movie for like, you know, yeah. Scorsese yeah, and right. you know, the, the big big auteurs and all that bullshit. Uh in Fair the end point. in the end it's a it's a pretty fun movie and it doesn't fuck around. I appreciate its expediency and its efficiency. So you got me. Well done. Yeah, there it is. I got Mike on a horror movie. I feel really proud of myself. That is a huge accomplishment. Yeah. There you well, go. What did uh? What was the other one we did at Halloween? Uh, oh. We did the we did the crow, which was not a horror. In the movie. mouth we, of madness. We did, we've done yeah. In the mouth of madness is really the only other horror, like true horror movie. I think we've I done. Really, I don't even see it like that either. I don't really see it as a horror movie. It's more than like I see it more of a suspense movie. So we, that was just really like what you're next. Me, you mean as, as a suspense movie? No, uh, in the mouth of madness. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was to me. This is like really the first authentic kind of horror movie we've done. Yeah, it's very much a straightforward horror movie, which is partly yeah, why it's straightforward. Yeah. So yeah. It's a, it could happen. Good job. Good job, everybody who made this movie. You yeah, guys be proud of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hit the wrong button. Uh, sorry about that. Okay. Well, there it is. It's in the can. Another right. episode of the Cinema 9 podcast. Uh, a little shorter than other ones, but, you know, sometimes there's only so much ground you can cover. But I think an hour and 15 minutes is still a lot of fun. And we had a good brisk, time. Baby. Brisk, that's brisk. Next week, we're going to do a movie by Eric Branstrom. So, Eric, we turn it over to you. I know you've had the flu, so maybe you haven't had time to think about this. I woke up in a cold sweat last night, and it just popped <laughs> into my brain, and I had to scribble it down like fucking Edgar Allan Poe in one of his nightly uh, <laughs> rampages. So we're going to go back to 96. In, oh, uh, boy, back a, to the 90s. Yeah, back to the 90s, Mike, your favorite, man. <laughs> I know I Mike's hoping for something from like 2004, his favorite year. I love year the of 90s. I know I, I rip on the 90s <laughs> on this show, but I love the 90s. Come on. Come so, I, you know, I've been thinking about this one lately, and it's been, Christ, over 20, probably 24 years since I've seen it. And a lot of people used to talk about it back in the day. I haven't heard one person say anything about it since right around the time it came out. And it's one of these movies about youth culture in the 90s. It's, it's bookended by more popular films like Clueless and Mallrats and uh, Empire Records. And I, I think it's going to be interesting to see if it is up to snuff and, it ever, and if it ever got the credit it, it may have deserved. Uh, and we haven't had a chance to talk about Richard Linkletter too much, but I think this is a good opportunity. 1996 is uh, Suburbia, 
Uh, you got an Eric wow, Bogosian I cannot believe. Play. That's exactly and what I was I, thinking of. I've I can't never, believe you chose uh, yeah, this movie. It's been a long time. Yeah. Me and well, Travis joke about this movie all the time, but Steve's I can't. gone. Nicky AJ, AJ you've Davey. Never heard, you've never heard yep. me and Travis talk about this? No. You're, you, you've not been paying attention. Nick, Nikki Cat, Fucking Nikki Cat. We have literally... We've yep. literally. I just want to make this clear. We've literally made references to this movie on this pod at least it's, one time. We haven't. I, I, I think. I think one time. But no, I, I think you're right, though, Eric. This movie, for as much as we watched the fuck out of it in that time, we've not. I mean, I've barely thought about it since. I'm. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to revisit. I think this is a great call. I have. Done, I've there watched it, it last year. Yeah, you went. <laughs> you did. So. Stop rewatching so many movies. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hadn't seen them forever though. But it was right around the time after we started. I actually never thought kidding. that this movie would get picked. I'm really surprised. I uh, do. It's a little obscure. That's great. That's, that's a good obscure. choice, Eric. Uh, I respect it. I'm just. I'm shocked. I just think. I just thought there's so much for us to cover. And yeah, hey. For a second, I was terrified you meant the other suburbia. I'm like, oh, I never saw that. The one for the eight. Yeah. No, no, yeah. No, 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 no. This no. is the one with a capital U in it, I think. There it is. The suburbia to differentiate. Yeah, okay. that's right. Uh, uh, okay, cool. Wow. Well, the good news is I have a copy of this, so I don't have to go dig for it. I don't know if it's hard to find or not. It seems like it would be a little harder to find, but who knows? I hope it's not. Is it a VHS Next. copy that you have? Uh, yeah, I'll go get my box copy over here. Blockbuster so. <laughs> went out of business a couple weeks ago. All right, right. next week, we're going to do Suburbia. Eric Branstrom has stunned us. We're still absorbing the reality of this selection. Hey. I, I Have we done Linklater? No. 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 Yeah, I didn't want to go with Days of Confused or the, you know, before films. But, yeah. I was thinking you might go thing. Twister. That's what I thought you I'm worried because I saw the trailer, and there's some uh, there's some cringe in the trailer. So we're going to see what happens. You got Giovanni Ribisi, Nicky Cat. You got a lot. Of, you got the guy from Office Space. Uh, hey, Dan, I already said his name. You. Oh, you did say his Thank name. You. Thank you. Okay. Posey, baby. And of course, of course. Threw it all away, huh? Am I make, Am I mixing away. this up with Empire Records, or is Debbie Mazar Mazar in this movie? Uh, that's I don't think she's in Empire Records. She's definitely in Empire Records. Rex Manning. She plays Rex Manning's manager. She feels oh, bad about not, it, and then she goes out with. Uh, What's his face? She's the short-haired uh, girl, Debbie Mazar. We all know Debbie, Debbie Mazar. I think that's Debbie Mazar. Yeah. Debbie Mazar has what? never got short hair. <laughs> I'm not ending the show until I verify this now, because I know exactly I what I'm talking so, about like, here. Do not disrespect Mazar, the legacy would, of Debbie Mazar. I would never. Those are the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen on a woman. Yeah, so. well, then how could you? You know Empire Records. You've talked about it on the show. What's, so. Tilly, what's in it? Meg Tilly the Shame. What's no. Meg Tilly the Shame? <laughs> Meg Tilly the Shame. Nothing is fair, though. Oh wow! Michael, can you confirm? Nope, there it is. Boom! Empire Records. She played sure. Jane. Thank What's you. What's your name? That's right. right. I just want to rectify. I want to rectify this. All right. Mm-hmm. So next week, uh, Suburbia Cinema Nine Pod, ProtonMail.com, Cinema Nine Pod, all your favorite and wonderful social media platforms. We're there to waste time with you every day, anytime. We're open. None of our sites are ever closed. Twenty-four hours, seven days a week. They are wide <laughs> open. So Jesus. if you're a night owl. Yeah, pop on. Send us a message, and uh, we'll catch you next week on the show. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, yeah, by the way, a uh, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts would always be, that would be, be so a nice awesome. little gift. You know, you don't have to buy us anything. It doesn't cost you a thing. All you takes three minutes. So if you feel so inclined, we'd really appreciate it. All right? Is that it? Yeah, rest in peace, Bar- Bernie Madoff, too. We did. did <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've become the show that laughs about the recently dead. This is like three or four episodes in a row. Yeah, hey, no welcome one's gonna... to the podcast where we laugh at the recently dead. No one's gonna feel bad about this one though. Bernie Madoff, fuck off and die in hell. Thank you very oh, much. Hold on, man. All right, we'll get you guys Bernie. next week.